Hello, Stone Dates and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stone Date Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another Stone Date, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dave Griot, the creator of the Thank You Plant Medicine Movement. Actually, here in Phoenix, I had the honor of hosting the Thank You Plant Medicine event, and hearing all those stories of healing partly inspired me to create this podcast. Dave is a beautiful soul, a real leader in the community. He shares the story of his first psychedelic journey at the birthplace of the Inca, the genesis of the Thank You Plant Medicine Movement, and so much more. So please enjoy this episode with Dave. Well, Dave, thank you so much for, for joining me here on the Stone Dave Report. So I'm excited to have you. It's an honor to have you. As I mentioned to you um, offline here, um, your Thank You Plant Medicine event was very important to me. I was lucky enough to be involved with the, the event here in the, the Phoenix area. So first of all, thank you for doing that. I think it had a huge impact with so many people across the globe, and I'm honored to have you here today. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, the Thank You Plant Medicine coming out day was super special with events in 29 cities of people uh, getting together and sharing their stories of how they benefited from plant medicine and psychedelics. And it was just such a beautiful project to, uh, to lead. It started as uh, a little idea in, in my heart. And, uh, and with the, actually with the influence of, of some ayahuasca experiences, I basically found, found the courage inside myself to, to follow through with the idea and really work hard on it and bring it to fruition and get lots of people involved. And, uh, and now it's a thriving organization. So I'm super proud of what we accomplished and I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it was, it was positive for you too. Yeah, it was wonderful. Amazing. I'm really, really grateful for that. Great job. Great job with that. It just seemed like an organization that had been up and running for a, a decade. It just seems so smooth and professional. So great with that. And speaking of, you know, thank you, plant medicine, why don't we start off and, and maybe you could share, you know, your origin story with what brought you to, you know, the plant medicines and, and eventually what got you to that organization. But, you know, essentially what brought you as a person, Dave, to, to the plant medicines? Sure. Well, I had some, I had some like extraordinary experiences like uh, 10 or 15 years ago one when I was, I was backpacking in throughout South America and in Bolivia and we were in, in the town of La Paz and um, a, a crazy guy in our, in our hostel told us that he had, he had done a visit inside of a prison and he had the, the, the number of one of the inmates and the guy was willing to sell us some San Pedro cactus, which hmm. is this, uh, for those who don't know, it's, it's a it's a hallucinogenic cactus that's been used for s- ceremonial you know rites uh, you know for thousands of years especially in the in the Andes mm-hmm. and uh, so w- a- along with my friend Alan we we were like all right well let's let's try to get some and then and maybe we can maybe we can do some uh, on the island of the sun which is the most holy site for the uh, for the Incans and it's a, so 
so anyways, it's actually a really long story. I could talk for an hour about it, but uh, we ended up meeting this young lady who was a contact of the guy in the prison. She gave us some, some of this cactus. And then we went by a boat and a bus to, to this island of the sun on Lake Titicaca. Uh, and the island is like these little mountains with these ancient Incan ruins and some giant slabs of stone where they used to sacrifice virgins. And there's actually a labyrinth on the island. And it's an island that's like maybe like three miles long or something. Hmm. So on a remote corner of, of the, uh, of the island on like this little mountaintop or with like a 360 degree view on Lake Titicaca, which is one of the most spectacular lakes in the world. We ingested this, this cactus and, uh, oh, it was totally, it was a totally mind blowing experience for me. And, I laughed and I cried and I examined stones for hours and <laughs> made a little fire and saw, you know, ancestral visions in the, in the water and played my guitar. And, and so it was a real mind blowing um, event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I could I didn't really make much, sense of it right i was i think i was 19 at the time and it's just completely mind-blowing and what it what it taught me was like there's just so much more than you know than you even can imagine you know mm-hmm. and there's i think like, there's a kind of like mystical feeling that you get of like wow there these these uh medicines just have like very deep ancient mystical wisdom available, you know, in them. And it's just a mysterious thing. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple of years later in, uh, in Oaxaca, uh, Mexico during, I, was, I did like a, an epic like uh, trip around Mexico in a Volkswagen with the, the same friend. And we ended up, you know, in the mountains of Oaxaca in this little town, which, which since then has become quite famous uh, San Jose del Pacifico, which is a town where like the, the indigenous people will, will sell you these mushrooms that they find in the rock slides and they sell them in families of seven, which is how they grow. And you, you fast and then you eat the, the family of seven mushrooms. And it's to this day, it's by far the strongest psychedelic trip I've ever had of wow, like, really? literally going into like Lord of the Rings landscapes and completely losing a grip on reality and just, just downloading languages and just like think I, at one point I thought my friend was a plant and I started to water him. Uh, <laughs> like it was completely mind blowing. Uh, but you know, these were special extraordinary experiences, but I didn't, I didn't uh, do much psychedelics for the following 10 years. Um, just occasionally, you know, mushrooms, uh, more more for fun than anything mm-hmm. but it was for me uh, trying ayahuasca was a major like pivotal life uh, experience because so this was a year and a half ago i had just closed down a major project a major like humanitarian project that i had worked on for five years which was called karma tribe and it mm-hmm. was it was a website where you could offer services for free and request help for free. 
And it was hmm. like, a, like a pay it forward gift economy, like social network where if, for example, if I give you a French class, then, you know, you, you uh, write on my profile, like, Oh, Dave, thank you for the amazing French class. You're an awesome guy. And then I get a certain number of good vibes points. Hmm. And then, I, and then you climb the karmic ladder if you help others. And so it, it actually grew to be in 63 countries with uh, thousands wow. of people using it and connecting to help each other for like everything from like dog walking to recipes, to teaching each other languages, to, to like graphic design and all different stuff. But it, but it, and I, and I really thought like this thing is gonna, is gonna grow to have millions of users and it's gonna be the next Facebook yeah. because everyone has different talents. Everyone has different needs. And sometimes like person A is in a position to help person B and person B is in a position to help person C. And in this kind of pass it on kind of economy, you know, you, there's, there can be much easier connection between like supply and demand. I, I thought, uh, but it, you know, it, it basically floundered. Like it, I basically, went bankrupt with it. It never had a business model and suddenly like a hacker hacked in and like started messaging everyone. And I had to suddenly like shut it down. My, my bank account was empty after, after doing it for five years. And hmm. so in January, 2019, I closed it down and I felt like I had amputated my arm. Like I felt oh, so, yeah. so sad and just identity crisis. Like, you know, who am I? Like, I thought that this was my gift to the world and now it's gone and like what am i gonna even do now you know and like so curiously uh right at that time a friend of mine told me there's an ayahuasca ceremony coming up in two weeks and i think you'll you'll really like it like why don't you come with me and i thought all right whatever i trust you um you know it had never really interested me up until that time but i thought like okay this is a crossroads time in my life i might as well try this and i had an absolutely extraordinary experience the the question that you're supposed to like go there with a question and my question like that an I intention asked, exactly and so i i had a question which was how can i like what can i do to bring more like love and compassion and uh, collaboration to, to Costa Rica. And, uh, I, then I, I experienced like the most utter bliss and full body orgasms. And just, I felt like infinite light pouring out of myself. And I felt like a very clear message of like, you know, don't be sad about, about this project that has ended. You have so much light so much love inside of yourself you have what it takes to be a leader like don't be shy like shine your light and go for it and you know you're gonna have lots of opportunities so it it created a, a change in me that i doubt was perceptible from the outside but i felt differently because i felt like i felt like i believed in myself i felt like i had seen really the, the potential that I have. And I, I basically started to believe in myself as a leader in a, in a whole new way. And so 
one the first the first kind of inkling that that something real really transformative had ha- had happened was that i i had i had been doing public speaking like for the past five years you know five six years with karma hmm. tribe talking about you know the sharing economy and generosity and living to your full potential and different topics but i had a public speaking gig like uh about a month after this experience and surprisingly I, I had no anxiety leading up to the event, which was completely rare for me. And then I just completely knocked it out of the park. Like in my eyes, I delivered a public speaking that was like 10 times better than anything I had done previously because I, I could just tell as I was talking that like everyone was like leaning in and listening and like very engaged and no, you know, no yeah. one was like distracted. And I was just in the sweet spot because I was just really connecting with what I really wanted to say with like, you know, what, why was I there talking? It's because I had something that I really wanted to share from my heart. And so I, I connected straight to it. Whereas in previous public speakings, you know, it was more like mental, like planning it out very carefully, having the whole structure, being anxious and like, basically having like the the mind really like leading the show of, of how the, how the talk was delivered. Right. So, and this reminds me of a quote of a friend that's like the, sh- the, the longest distance you'll ever travel is the distance from your head to your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something changed. Who, where did you hear that? This is from my friend, Keith. Uh, oh, okay. Keith Daniel, a local legend. Uh, yeah, so I don't know where you got it from. <laughs> no, because I, I know that uh, you know Belinda, and she just recently said that the eighteen inches from your head to your heart. Oh, so wow. I thought that was interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry about so, that. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no problem. So something something changed in me, and then like a crazy synchronicity happened, which was that I went to go do mushrooms in the mountains. And with some friends and the mushrooms did not kick in, but during, during the, they didn't kick in for me, but they kind of kicked in for some of the others. And during the night I sat and got talking to this woman who told me like that she's a, a tax accountant for, for expats who work, you know, with us jobs, but they live abroad. And I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. That's exactly what I do. And she's like, Oh, but I only work with clients in this situation. I'm like, Oh, that's exactly my situation. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, well, you know, I could make, you know, it sounds like you've really been overpaying on your taxes. And I'm like, what are you serious? So fast forward three months later, I'm like gazing longingly at like the website for the world ayahuasca conference in Spain and just thinking like, Oh my God, if I could ever afford to go here, I would just love to go to this conference and the work there's workshops about like Buddhism and ayahuasca and like all the different fascinating topics. And then I suddenly get $12,000 refund from the government (laughs) uh, through this woman that I met. Uh, So so I got it. I got it as like, okay, the mushrooms are telling me like, you got to go to this event. So I booked a ticket with my friend, John, and we went to the, uh, to the event in, in the South of, of Spain, the world ayahuasca conference, which was a magnificent event. And 
the idea was like, let's get to know the community and let's learn and let's just, just see what we might be able to contribute to, to this amazing, you know, global community. Because by that time I had, because after my first experience, I started doing ayahuasca like every single opportunity. So I did it like, I don't know, I did it like 30 times in, in the first year, something like that. Wow. Uh, every single time learning new things about myself, pe- peeling away layers, like doing like deep shadow work and discovering traumas and releasing them and l- blossoming as a musician and finding my voice and like becoming like a rock star of the ceremony, like totally surprisingly. <laughs> wow. But, but uh, so at, at this, it was an incredible week that we spent there and like by day, like doing all these workshops with these amazing people and meeting, you know, Dennis McKenna and these top scientists and all these different like indigenous leaders and all these different kind of like idols. I was reading a, an amazing uh, ayahuasca book on my flight there called the fellowship of the river. And then on my first day there, I meet this like little Peruvian guy and I find out later he was the star of the book that I was reading. And I was like, wow. Joe Tafur's book. Yeah. And you yeah, met I've, the, you met the character. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ricardo Amaringo. Yeah. Wow. He, I met, he was there and so was Joe Tafur. And that, if you've read that book, you know, like it's such an incredible book and. Wow. So, that must've been like out of this world. Oh, it was completely out of this world. And this is something that I, that I've just seen over and over with, with, with these medicines is like, as soon as you're about to take them or take them or after you take them, or you're suddenly like all these synchronicities start happening in your life. And like, you're just, it's, it's kind of like a manifestation medicine. Uh, So, so like by day we were, doing these extraordinary activities and then eating this great food. And then at night we were like doing these different medicines, you know, like Mm -hmm. with different people. So I was literally like getting like just one or two hours of sleep every night. And by the end of the week, I was like totally run down and like starting to get sick, like just feeling like physically exhausted, but still just like adrenaline high. And it was midway through the last day in a, in a in a in a small room with uh with rick doblin you know the founder of maps Mm -hmm. and matthew the founder of temple of the way of light which is a a big uh ayahuasca retreat center in peru and then uh emily from chacruna institute and wow and, and rick doblin was talking about how like in his career of of trying to bring psychedelics into the into the mainstream and like working with the FDA and doing the MDMA trials and really trying to like get it accepted the main barrier for him was the the culture because it's just it's not seen well so it's just it's just an upward battle all the time because of the culture and what he was saying is we should look to the gay rights movement because they similarly like it was really not accepted by, by, by the mainstream culture and, you know, in the fifties and sixties, but they, they banded together and they got organized and they started doing marches and, 
and and demonstrations and they were able to change the legislation in one state and then another and then another and then up until today where gay marriage is legal in in many places many countries and accepted i would say in, in the mainstream and so they were able to change the culture by by really working together and this idea started like being born in my mind of like what how how would it look if we did a kind of coming out day where everyone who has benefited from ayahuasca or iboga or cannabis or any of these illegal medicines, if everyone on the same day on social media, like told their story of healing in a, in like a gratitude kind of way that I thought that this could go viral and this could really get the, uh, the attention of the mainstream and similarly to like the me too movement it could put social media to use in an extremely positive way in creating like a, a major like cultural impact and awareness. So I suggested, so, you know, when you're sitting there with like these like amazing leaders that you look up to and you get an idea for me, the tendency is to be like, uh, no, I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm too shy. It's not the right time, this and that. But, but remember, I, I had this kind of new confidence in myself yeah. through the ayahuasca. So I like raised my hand and I was like, Rick, what do you think of this idea? You know? And he said, wow, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And everyone else was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. So I was kind of glowing. And then after, that's the, talk, awesome. after the talk, I went up to Emily from Chakruna because the Chakruna Institute is, has an amazing organization for communication about, about, uh, plant medicines and psychedelics. And I mm-hmm. told her like, do you, would you like to like work with me on this? And she's like, yeah, for sure. Like let's do it. So then, then uh, was kind of glowing. And then we went down to the main hall for the final talk of the ayahuasca conference, which was ayahuasca and the future of society. And it was a panel of five people talking about, what they what they saw as you know as the future of ayahuasca and and this and that but you know but at the end of the talk they were like okay we have 10 minutes now for questions if anyone has a question and i kind of elbowed my friend john and i was like john there there wasn't much you know action like action items you know out of this talk about the future of society why don't we go suggest <coughs> this coming out day campaign to the crowd. Like now's a good opportunity. And he's like, yeah, dude, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if now's the right time. Like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, dude, go, 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 go. I was like, all right. So I hustled down to the front and this was an auditorium with like over a thousand people of like shamans and, you know, scientists right. and different, you know, the different. Everybody's leaders. everybody. And I, I, I grabbed the mic and I said, uh, actually, this question is for all of you. And I turned to the audience and I said, you know, me personally, I don't share on my Facebook about how much ayahuasca has positively impacted my life because I'm, I'm scared of what my friends and family will, will think of me and the judgment and, and everything. But what about if we all did it together? If, you know, if, if hundreds or thousands of us together on social media, like expressed our gratitude to the medicines on one specific day, 
then I would be willing to do it because I would feel like safety numbers and this could really raise awareness. And so I propose that February 20th, 2020, we, we, we come out with our stories together. And if you think this is a good idea, I'll be standing over here for uh, 10 minutes and uh, you can give me your contact information and we'll make it happen. And this can be a concrete action that will come out of this uh, conference. Beautiful. And so I got an applause and to my surprise, people started like flowing down the auditorium and people were like, Hey bro. And like flinging me business cards from the upper balconies and (laughs) about like 40 people gave me their contact information. And so I was just like, I just felt like the idea is like super validated here. People were telling me like, I've been working with the medicine for 13 years and I haven't even told my family and like, yeah, I'll get behind you. And I had the exact same idea. Like, let's do this. Now's the time. The time is ripe. And so then John and I got back to Costa Rica and we're like, all right, let's make a video and calling for volunteers. And I think that with 35 volunteers and we have eight months to do this, we'll be able to like invite all the major organizations to be a part of this. And so we made a video and then we had a hundred volunteers within a week. And then, so then we started building teams and making more videos and then we hustled for eight months. And so, so yeah, that's the, that's the whole story. Wow. That's incredible. That's a great story. And obviously you touched on something that was, I mean, like a, like a synergy between you and Rick Doblin, you know, making that connection to the coming out community for the gay community. And then you tying it all together and boy, what a, it just caught fire, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it did like, because everyone was invited to it and, you know, so it's, it's because it's about gratitude and gratitude is, is a human thing that resonates with everyone. And, and I think the, the, like the campaign, which, which became a movement, I think it was really, we did it in the right way. And by the way, it wasn't me and John alone. We, we've built a leadership team of like 15 men and women and trans people and like all like whole mix of people from all different countries to decide yeah. how to, how to do this. And what we thought is like, if you express it with gratitude, it, we're not going to say like, Oh, big pharma is the devil and this and that. And this is great. Right, right. No, we're just going to say, thank you for this, that, that, that I had, like, this is my story. Thank you. And whether you did it with MDMA or LSD or plant medicine, you're welcome into it. There's no, there's no borders or barriers to it. And we got like so much criticism of like, why, you know, it's called thank you plant medicine. Like we, why we don't want these synthetics to be part of this. And then other people saying like, you know, why, Oh, you guys are just a bunch of like plant medicine. Woo woos. Like myself, I prefer (laughs) the LSD and, and, but to everyone we were like, Hey, you're welcome into this. This is for everyone. Like, yeah, that's the name we chose, but for simplicity, but like, you're welcome into it. And so at the end, everyone just joined into it. And uh, like another frequent criticism we got is like, you're calling this a coming out movement. Like, how are you going to like appropriate this term from the gay rights movement? And how dare you make this comparison? Because yeah it's like, it's so much more dangerous to come out as a gay person. And it's just, it's like, so we got some flack for that. But a very interesting thing about this is that 
John flew to New York to the Horizons Conference to present this idea. And in, in the conference, there was a guy who was one of the leaders of the LGBT movement in the, in the 70s and 80s. And he heard the idea and he's like, he said, uh, wow, this is an incredible idea because let me tell you, in the gay rights movement, the single most impactful thing of, of, of the success of it was that in homes where a person would come out about being gay, you would go from having like one voter for gay rights to having like 10 or 15 voters for gay rights. Because by coming out, you, you create awareness in your local community and, and people, you know, people that love you, like usually get behind you. And then that's what really gets you enough people to make like a, a vote, you know, successful for like changing the law. So he's like, this is amazing what you're doing. And I totally uh, like approve of it. And so after we heard that guy say it, we, we stopped worrying about that because good. it's so true that the coming out is really, is really where the magic is at. And it's a therapeutic thing. And it, it basically you, you go from having something hidden to you're being more authentic with the people you love and they're, they're getting to know you better. And it's, it's just all part of the healing for everyone. Yeah, that is, that is a uh, beautiful. And that's, I can tell you in our little, our little event here in Phoenix, it, it felt that way. You know, we didn't have out of 20 people, maybe we had one person that railed against big pharma, but everybody else was really focused on, on the gratitude. And there was this, this notion and this feeling of, of coming out. And I didn't even really put two and two together until you kind of explained the whole thing just now. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad y'all had uh, such a positive experience. It's, it's great. Uh, it's great to hear about what it, what it was like on the ground. Uh, you know, that day was a crazy day where there were events like in Tel Aviv and Edinburgh and Medellin, Colombia, yeah. Paris and Toulouse and like, you know, Dublin and like, and meanwhile, we were in Costa Rica doing a live stream with like with Joe Tafor and Paul Stamets and, you know, Belinda, Ariaco and like these different leaders. And so it was some real some real sizzling uh, magic was was created that day. Yeah, it was huge. So where where do you think we are now in terms of the stigma? Because I know, you know, little little anecdotal things like um I told you about my Stone Dave show. It's I don't know if that was really necessarily a coming out show for me, but it was really a time when people in my business life and my greater family were like, "Oh, what's what are you talking about?" Right? And some of the older generation still thinks that plant medicines are going to destroy my brain, cause me to jump out of a third-story window, that I'm going to get addicted to it. There's all these uh, misconceptions about this and there's still is a stigma even though you and I are deep into this and we talk to people and it's hard for you and I to realize that there's still this stigma um your your event went a long way in breaking that where do you think we are today and and where do we need to keep going with this movement you created well first of all I, <laughs> I didn't create this movement but rather like I I joined into something that was already happening uh because Guided. for example, like 
with the publication of of How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. Like, I, did you read that book? Like, I did, and I got to see him speak when he came through. Oh wow, yeah. So that was that was a great book that became a New York Times bestseller, and you know he's he's a well known writer. Like, and so there's, and, and you you know you have Tim Ferriss saying like I don't know a single billionaire who hasn't done psychedelics, and you have so and you have more and more like you know Sting and you know things coming onto Netflix, and so like. It's, well, and let me, let me maybe, you're being very humble. Um, though, and that, that's correct, right? You have all these people that are putting all this amazing stuff out there, but nobody has connected with a way. I don't, I don't say nobody, maybe there's something I don't know yet. I would just say what I see that you did, you know, the, the seed that was planted with your conversation with Rick Doblin and saying, and standing in front of that crowd and, and conjuring up the magic of, uh, an instant community. It, yeah, it's true. If I come out and say I do psychedelics, then the people in my business groups and in my family are going to suddenly become um, advocates maybe, or at least understand and maybe possibly cast a positive vote. But you created this, this community, this movement of coming out all together, which creates um, strength and courage to do so, right? Because it can still be hard to come out and say, even for me, you know, doing stand-up comedy and starting to talk about plant medicines in my comedy and then turning the whole thing into my, my coming out story, essentially, I would present this to business people and I would get very nervous. I'd be like, oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? But when you suddenly have a movement of all these people doing this together, it's really powerful. So I appreciate, you know, you pointing out Michael Pollan and, and Fantastic Fun Guy and you know, the Netflix special. But I think what you did was bring everybody together and say, instead of individually throwing out our stories out there, why don't we all come together in one moment and create something that we can all come out, feel the strength, feel the camaraderie and be able to do it and and get the courage to actually start talking about it. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. So I think it's, it it is happening and slowly but surely. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's making progress. What this coming out day is going to be an annual thing. Now we're in touch with and friendly with like over 120 organizations and they're going to, they're going to support us year after year. And like, we're going to, it's, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And we're, we're doing other projects uh, to try to help also like integrate psychedelics and plant medicines into society in a responsible way you know, it's, it's also like, um, there, there's, it's a tricky thing. You know, there's some like, be careful what you wish for type stuff where like hmm. you really want, like if psychedelics became legalized and then, so then the government like is the one to distribute them. Is that what we would want? And like, we, I, you know, we, we want to like, I personally would like to see like the, the traditional shamanic, you know, masters being celebrated and, and their, their method, their methods being taught and spread as opposed to like them being just exploited and, and cast aside and the rainforest being cut down for ayahuasca. Yeah. So that, so that like people can drink it like in Ibiza and and New York city and just like a kind of perversion of, of the actual like right way to right way to use it uh, according to tradition. So 
the, the whole thing needs to be, needs to develop carefully and thoughtfully. But I like, I think the, the bigger, the bigger question is, are, are we humans going to wake up and like take care of our planet and be more conscious about, about the fact that we're really destroy, destroying the ecosystem. Right. And I think yeah. that's ultimately what the, what the psychedelics are waking us up to. And I think that this is why they're, they're suddenly rising in popularity. It's, it's like mother nature kind of like reaching into, into humanity and trying to wake us up to, to be more conscientious. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So I think it feels like a, a beautiful place to, to end here, but I, I am curious about, you know, obviously your story about, you know, this, this amazing thing you were, you were working with the karma tribe in being in losing that and, and kind of the trauma, you know, associated with that and some other stuff. It's an amazing origin story, but you know, in your journey here, not only creating this amazing um, community and movement, what else do you have going on? You know, what, what other changes in your life or things are you working on kind of as a result of your, you know, being on this path that you're on? Uh, wow. Yeah. It's like, so much stuff. Um, one, like one of the things that, uh, one of the things that I, I discovered in my healing process with, uh, with ayahuasca and, and with, and also with being a leader, like of, of thank you plant medicine and, and dealing with a lot of people is that I realized like a certain tendency towards to be, to kind of being, being, uh, violent like in in the way that i treat people in the way hmm. that i treat myself in like b basically like being judgmental or just like cutting people out you know who i feel like are wasting my time and and uh being rude and like attacking kind of like being like argumentative and attacking and and basically like which is not which is not an effective way to 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 deal with people or to or to or to accomplish your objectives or to or to create like alliances. So I, and I, and I, and I saw like where, where in my childhood that that came from of, hmm. uh, of, and, and I, I saw like a lot of arrogance within, I discovered a lot of arrogance within myself, which was actually just a tragic manifestation of deep insecurities about about my intelligence about my my value about like whether i really you know thought i was a good person or not so so in this healing process i've begun to to study uh nonviolent communication which is by this guy marshall rosenberg who is a really extraordinary man who he mediated conflicts between like you know like like the African tribes that were at war for many years and, and in the, in the, during the race riots also in the U S and in, in Afghanistan and in refugee camps and like in all the most like messed up places with the most extreme conflict, they would send Marshall Rosenberg and he developed a methodology, which is a simple methodology, which basically resolves conflicts like miraculously and, and creates connections between people. And I, I discovered this and I started studying it. And I found like that 
my projects started to blossom like much better and my personal relationships started to blossom. And now I'm getting into conflict mediation and like just able to solve problems between people like very angry at each other. And it's, it's like magic. <laughs> so I've, I'm becoming like a major, uh, what's the word? I'm like proselytizing like this, like this amazing methodology of an evangelist. Yeah. An evangelist. So, so that, that's one thing that I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm also very, uh, I'm very like eager to do like bigger humanitarian projects. Uh, and you know, I, I would like to plant a million trees. Uh, this is an, this is an idea that just keeps coming back into my mind over and over and over. And, uh, so yeah. I think like the, I think the, the, the plant medicine and the psychedelics, the experiences don't mean anything if they don't have a, a positive impact in your life. And, and like beyond, beyond healing yourself, the next step is how, how are you going to make the world more beautiful for everyone around you? And so what, what I'm, what I really care about is, is raising human consciousness and, uh, and starting to, to reverse some of these, the damage that, that we've been doing to the planet, because the beautiful thing is it actually is reversible and mother nature is on our side. You know, if you, any area, like you leave it alone for a couple of years and all the vegetation and everything comes back. Yeah. So, so by also by planting trees, we can, we can literally like clean out the atmosphere and, and regenerate ecosystems and regenerate rivers. And so, I'm, I'm very optimistic for the future. And, uh, so, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting involved in a lot of stuff and just doing as much as I can to, to make a positive impact. Well, Dave, I'm so grateful that you are, cause I can tell in the short conversation we we've had here that anything that you, you focus your, your energy on is going to happen. So I have zero doubt that a million <laughs> trees are going to get planted and that our consciousness is going to get raised. Thank you, Stuart. It, uh, it means a lot, uh, you saying that. Uh, so, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me today. Thanks for doing your show. It's, it's, it's such important work and, uh, you're, you're, a, you're a lovely man and, uh, and hope, uh, hope to keep in touch with you and looking forward to listening to other episodes also. And good luck with the stand up comedy. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's that's another way to 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 bring joy to people and to make the world more beautiful so thank you yeah yeah thank you dave i really appreciate that and thank you for your time today it was an honor my pleasure that concludes this edition of the stoned ape reports thank you for listening please follow us on instagram at stoned ape comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com again thanks for listening and catch you next time stoned apes